All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mac. Um, we're, we're blessed to be a part of this uh, leadership conference and been going on for years. And um, I can't think of anything, anybody better to be here with than Pastor David Vicky, and Pastor Mac and uh, Lynn, both of them. I, I put them in the same category as if we had Dad Hagen here or had Brother Copeland here. I mean, same, same words, same revelation, same working of the Holy Spirit. So we're blessed to, to be here with them and the word that uh, you'll be receiving. Praise the Lord. Uh, so open your Bible, Galatians. We're going to receive the offering first of all tonight, and then I think Trina's going to come up here and sing and maybe even have ministers sing if he behaves himself. But uh, Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6. And we'll receive the offering for the conference here. I'm, I'm not sure what, what the, the goal or the budget is for the conference, but we believe we'll go over it. Amen. And uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6, he says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. In all good things. Um, other translation, if you received instruction in the word, share all good things with your teacher. Uh, a lot of times we kind of think, well, you know, um, my giving needs to go to people that are needy, and certainly we do give to people that uh, have needs in their life. But here he's talking about your relationship with someone who is supplying the word to your life. In other words, he said this is a major priority in our lives is when we are receiving instruction, our revelation knowledge of the word of God, he said, you reciprocate in the measure that you have been blessed by that word with your teacher. Now, somebody said, you can't uh, go eat at Burger King and go pay at McDonald's. In other words, where you're receiving revelation knowledge, he said that is a most appropriate place for you to be generous and to give. One translation actually says a sharing of wealth takes place between the teacher or the minister and the one who receives the word. Everybody say a sharing of wealth. Well, uh, most likely it's because of the word that you have any wealth. All right, let's try that one more time. It most likely is because of the promises of God and the word you receive that has affected you financially. And so he says, when you receive the word, Man, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could respond, but we're specifically told to respond financially to the measure that we have been blessed by that word. Now, I believe, I don't believe, I like to say it this way, I don't think that you could ever accuse the Apostle Paul of trying to manipulate anybody to give him money. All right, let's look back in Galatians chapter 6. I don't think you could accuse the Apostle Paul of trying to get anybody to give him money. So, oh, I preach the word of you and you're going to have to give me money. No, I believe he's really talking about one of the great secrets, great secrets in how you receive the word and the effect that that word has upon you. In other words, for the word of God to go from, I like to say it this way, you can steal information, but you can never steal revelation. In other words, sometimes people say, well, I came, I got the sermon, I got the notes, whoo, and I missed the offering. Well, I didn't even have to give anything, and I got the sermon, I got the notes. Well, you might have got the information, but for that word to have its greatest effect upon you, he says, when you give back, 
where you've received that word, you're saying, Lord, that word is such a blessing, so valuable to me. I want to give, number one, because of how I've been blessed. And number two, I want to give so other people can get that same word. So, uh, when you are receiving significant revelation knowledge that the supply of the Holy Spirit to your life, he said that supply has really brought great blessing to your life. So, he says, now you reciprocate or give back. And Paul said, no one else, no, no, no other church considering giving and receiving. One translation says, uh, opened up a partnership with me concerning giving and receiving. But you only. So he's talking to the Philippians. He says, he says, you received the gospel. And he said, and nobody else gave. You gave once. You gave again. Your giving came up before God like a worship before God. He said, and you gave until I had more than enough. Wow, how would you like to be on that list of being the only ones that, 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 you, that Paul could say, I gave you the word and you were the only one that gave back and gave again till I had more than enough. Imagine the eternal rewards that come from that. Matter of fact, verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. In other words, this is not just going to affect you financially. He said, it'll affect every need in your life. Praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? And so it is the most appropriate spiritual thing, not just to send somebody a card, which is a rare thing, not just a thank you letter, amen, which that can be rare, you know, uh, Thanksgiving coming upon us, right? So uh, um, no such thing as unexpressed thanks. You cannot cure everybody's unthankfulness, but you can cure yours. Amen. So, certainly you tell people thank you, but the Lord kind of said to me this way, he said, you can respect with words, but you honor with substance. In other words, honor will always cost you something. So when you come up in leadership, you understand the value of that supply of revelation. One word from God at just the right time, and that supply to your faith can mean the difference whether you live or die. Come on, whether you're blessed or whether you overcome or you go on. In other words, the value of that word. So he says, when you say, thank you, Lord, for the word, now I want to give because I've been so blessed by that word. And I believe that the word actually has a greater effect on you because you're receiving it according to scriptural instructions. Are y'all still here? Amen. And, and um, uh, I can tell you, no matter where we preach in the world, you know, I would teach people this, some of the poorest people in the world, and they might bring a chicken, they might bring some eggs, Come on, they might bring some money. Well, well, it's not necessarily real valuable to me, but it's valuable to them. In other words, their giving is going to affect them more than it's going to affect me. Are y'all still here? In other words, in other words, they said I received that word. You know, when we, when we were in, in India, uh, they had a, a wheelbarrow full of money. The people gave, I preached there for three days, and so I taught on this one of the services, and boy, they had received the word, they had received the supply of the Holy Ghost, and so at the end, the pastor said, well, the people all gave. You know, I think their average income might have been, you know, two or $300 a year. He said, now, everybody gave. 
I said, that's, that's a blessing. I said, but, but I, I really don't want, want it. I didn't come here for the money. I just came here to be a blessing, so I want you to keep it. He said, I cannot keep it because the word says I'm supposed to give it to you, and I'm not going to go back and tell the people that they received the word, and now you won't receive the offering. I said, well, how much is it? He said, it's $18,000. In India? You say, what happened? They were so thankful for the word of faith and for the word of revelation that they just gave beyond their power, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. They gave beyond their ability because they were so thankful for the word. Are y'all still here? They were abounding and accessing the grace of God in this area. You say, what did it do? The word had a tremendous effect upon them, but it also affected them spiritually and affected them financially. How many of the word has affected you at all financially? You liar. Come on. I saw somebody just sit there. I said, how many of y'all the word has affected you financially? Man, it's changed my whole family, changed my whole life. Come on, the gospel, the word of faith. Amen. So where, where am I getting that revelation from? Where's that supply coming from? I, I make it a major point of my distribution where I'm receiving the word. You say, why? Thank you, Lord, for the word. And the word is worth more to me than the money. All right, let's try that one more time. I said that word is worth more to me, but not just to me, my children, my grandchildren, my generation. Amen. So how am I to respond? He says, you respond by sowing generously. And he said, and it's going to affect what you receive. Not only financially, but spiritually. Amen. All right, look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 real quickly here because we're going to give. And, and I, I'm expecting to receive some things uh, this week from the word that's going to change my life. And it's going to affect the way I receive. All right, let's try that one more time. I'm expecting, amen, I mean, uh, I could be at home, you know what I mean. I came a long ways. I've been going a lot of places. But I'm expecting to receive significant supply of the Holy Spirit and of the Word that's going to change my life. Come on, this week. How many of y'all expecting anything at all? I'm expecting. So I give according to what I'm expecting. All right, let's keep going here. First Timothy chapter 6, and let's read this. And this is one of my, my favorite passages, but I've got a bunch of them in this area. And, uh, and uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and, and I, we usually start right at verse 17. Y'all see verse 17? We usually start right there because Paul's talking to Timothy, and uh, he's talking to a leader, and he's telling the leader, the pastor, to do what? Verse 17. Charge, charge them that are what? Rich in this world. Well, he's talking to a church, and so there's supposed to be rich people at church. Or he wouldn't tell you to talk to them. Well, when I found out there's supposed to be rich people at church, I volunteered for that program. <laughs> and so he actually tells them to, to talk specifically to the rich people that are in the church. He said, those that are rich, he says, charge them. Number one, don't be high-minded. Don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us what? 
richly all things to what? Enjoy. So he's not trying to make them feel bad about being rich. He said, actually, God's the source who wants you to richly enjoy life. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, he's not trying to make them feel bad about being rich. He says, actually, God is the one who gives us richly all things to enjoy. All right, let's try that one more time. God is the one gives you power to get wealth. Come on, blesses you coming in, blesses you going out, makes you the head and not the tail. God is the one. So he says, um, God gives you richly all things joy. So he's not, he's not opposed to them being rich. Dad Hagen said, he said, God's not opposed to you being rich. He's opposed to you being covetous or stingy. Or we would say, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. <laughs> In other words, the best way you can break covetousness is with generosity. All right, I got three nines. I almost got a grunt out of somebody. Let's keep going here. So he says, he gives us rich. And says, verse 18, we're still talking to who? Rich people. Now, before you exclude yourself and you think, you know, of an of a Amazon guy, or it's Bezos, you know, or you think of Trump, or you think of uh, the other guys, you know, what's the name? Elon Musk. <laughs> Didn't he make the, that car or something, or what did he do? Uh, he got his own spaceship, you know. You know? <laughs> so you think of rich people, right? How many of y'all like to watch any of those programs talk about the rich and the famous? Don't lie. Come on, you read magazines all the time. You look at it. So, the people that are rich, you know, and famous. Um, so, uh, when you talk about rich people, you usually think of somebody, you know, bringing in 10, 20, 50, 100, million, billions. Some of them people worth billions. I think Bezos is supposed to be the first trillionaire. Well, <clears throat> um, when you think about the rich, he says the rich in this world. Well, I've been a lot of places in this world. So when you consider the rich in this world, then uh, my son did a study, Aaron, he did a study, and he said, if you make $40,000 or more a year, you are richer than 96% of the people in this world. All right, let's try that again. If you make $40,000 or more a year, you are richer than 96% of the people in the world. All right, let's try this out over here. Because, come on, all you got to do is go to some other countries, and you'll find out when you come back here, we are the rich in this world. So don't think of somebody else. Look at somebody and say, I believe he's talking to you right now. So the rich that are in this world, so he says, charge those that are rich in this world, and he tells them what? He says, don't be high-minded. He said, don't trust in your money. Amen. You know, giving will make sure you don't trust in your money. And then he says, trust in the living God gives you rich. I think that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute and willing to communicate. Look at that again. Rich in good works, ready to distribute willing to communicate, look at verse 19, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Huh. All right, so I've got some other translations here. Uh, let's see what this one is. 
uh, Passion Translation says, remind the wealthy to be rich in remarkable works of extravagant generosity. All right, let's try this out over here. Because some people are just struggling with generous. And he says, now, if you're in this class, the rich, and you don't want to be in the other class. So even though you're in this class of rich, he says, here's what the Lord is charging you to do. Remind them, look at me and say, he's doing that right now, Lord. That was what the phone call was about. Remind the wealthy. To be rich in remarkable works of extravagant generosity. Willing to share with others. And he says, and these spiritual investments will provide a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure for them a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of eternal life. So he says, your generosity in this life is literally having an effect upon how you lay hold on eternal life. So all the blessing of your generosity may not even happen in this world. All right, y'all still with me here? All right, go to Isaiah 32, 8. Let's look over that real quickly. But while you're turning over there, let's read this part right here. Because 1 Timothy chapter 6, I don't know, maybe hold on to 1 Timothy chapter 6 real quickly and let me give you this part right here. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are y'all happy? Yes, sir. All right, look at 1 Timothy 6. On the way to 1 Timothy 6, 17, and let's read this here, verse 12. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art so called and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickens all things before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Verse 14, that they may keep uh, this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 15, which in, in his times he shall show unto, he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, who no man has seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power and ever, everlasting, for everlasting, amen, and then charge them that are rich in this world. All right, hold on just a second. He says, charge him in the, we're talking about Jesus coming back, this commandment of how you live. And then he says that here in verse 15, he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings, Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach into, which no man has seen, nor can, um, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. All right, now listen to this in the uh, the Message Bible, and it says this. Uh, the undisputed ruler, the high king, high God, he's the only one death cannot touch. He's immortal. And his light is so bright, no one can get close. He's never been seen by human eyes. Human eyes cannot take him in. Honor to him and eternal rule. 
Now, what he's saying is now your instructions from this God, who is the high king, the undisputed ruler, the, the unlimited potentate, the almighty God, and he says, and he's the only one that is immortal. That means immortal means he has no beginning and no end, forever immortal, eternal life. He says, now before him, Death cannot touch him. His light is so bright, no one can even get close to him. He's never been seen by human eyes. Human eyes cannot take him in. Honor and eternal rule to God. All right, let's try this a second. Come on, your picture of God, he says, God, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the almighty God, and his light is so bright, no man has ever seen him. Now, before him, who is the almighty God, who is the source of all blessing and all victory and all prosperity, he's the almighty father, God, king of kings. And now I charge you in front of him, charge those that are rich in this world and tell them to be extravagantly generous. You say, why? Promotion doesn't come from man. Come on, the power to get wealth doesn't come from man. It comes from the almighty God. That's who you're serving. You've never seen him. Says no man's ever seen him. So imagine what Jesus said. When he said in John chapter 10, he said, my father is greater than all. Amen. In other words, where does your promotion come from he said it doesn't come from the north the south the east or the west it comes from God nobody can stop your promotion nobody can stop your blessing nobody can stop your harvest nobody can stop the blessing and prosperity of God he is the almighty God so who wouldn't want to get your money straight all right, let's try this. Who wouldn't want to get your money straight when you know who you're dealing with here? <laughs> and my God shall supply all of my needs. Come on, quit thinking some little puny thing, you know, and you're dealing with. No, you're dealing with the almighty God. The king immortal and eternal, king of kings and lord of lords, and the light that comes out of him that no man can approach. Just one word from him. Come on <laughs> and change your, your whole prosperity, your blessing, your family, your children, everything. He is unlimited, the almighty God, immortal. Who could block your blessing when he gives you a charge and you say, I would like to respond with extravagant generosity? All right, come on now. I said, I would like to respond with some extravagant generosity. Well, how in the world can you tell whether it's generous or not? God knows. He can count. Come on, he can see. Got a book called Numbers. All right, where did I say to turn? Isaiah 32, verse 8. Praise the Lord. Turn over there real quickly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up here, but I mean, y'all are listening slow. But I'm just telling you. 
the blessings of generosity, extravagant generosity. You know what extravagant means? Unreasonable. Come on, even your accountant tells you that's way too much. My accountant told me that because we set out, because we had received such revelation, Brother Hagin, many others, but um, uh, we set out going to the meetings, probably bringing $100. We're talking about over 45 years, over 45 years. Bring $100. Finally got to where I could bring 10000 every time. After I was given 10000 every time, then I thought, well, I'd sure like to crank that up to 20000 God will give seed to the sower. So all you got to do is get in the sowing department. He said, uh, I'll give seed to the sower. The Lord told me, he said, if you'll get addicted to giving, I'll support your habit. Because he's the biggest giver. And he loves what? Come on, he loves what? He loves cheerful givers. He said, I'm going to actually give you the money to give. So I said, Lord, I'd sure like to sow 20000 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I brought 20000 tonight. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha. I used to just come show up with a thousand or two or three, you know, praise the Lord. But I plan on growing. Let's try that. I said, I plan on growing. I plan on getting something out of this conference the next three nights that I've received spiritual things, so I'm going to give them my material things. Why? Because the revelation I get is going to take me a lot further than 20,000 will. That may not even cover my travel expense. Listen, I'm Think of, the, think of the kind of generosity and sowing that could take you to the next level of receiving from God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I got to go to Brother Hagin's meetings, and then I'd bring 20000 Then I finally got to where I could bring 50000 I'm still a monthly partner, so, so I'm still doing my regular stuff. But I brought a special. So I brought 50000 Then he got up and said, whatever he's going to give, just double it. You say, what would you do? I, I swallowed real hard. <laughs> and here's what I said. There better be a God. But if there is a God and he is the immortal, almighty king of kings who dwells in the light that no man can approach and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, then I guarantee you he can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing I don't have room enough. So I call it grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. Every little devil that told you you can't afford this and you can't afford that and you can't tithe and you can't give over and above your tithe, man, he says, this is your test right here to say God is God. He's the almighty God. He will multiply my seed zone. So the Lord told me, he said, your sowing will outperform your savings. So I swallowed real hard and said, well, let's just give 100000 Huh. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, after, after I did that, I could bring 100000 every year. 
All right, let's try that again. I said, after that, I could, are y'all still here? So finally I got to where I could give 200000 at a time. Are y'all still here? Somebody said, well, well, I wish that would work for me. Well, uh, you know, we say wishing, hoping, fruits and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. In other words, you don't get there just by wishing. Come on. You can actually use your faith on purpose and believe that God's the source of your supply. There ain't nobody big enough to be the source of your supply. My Father is greater than all. He knows every need. He knows every desire. He knows every dream. Come on now. And he's just watching that generosity. Come on, God wants to blow your mind in the next 12 months of what he can do in your life. He is the almighty God. Think about the kind of power and ability that come from God. I think you ought to laugh just a minute. Come on, our little puny ideas of what our budget is, and we just, God says, all I ask you to do is that you be generous. You know how much generous he is? I asked the Lord one time, I said, how much is generous? Because I'd like to know. You said, why do you want to know? Well, because he said, if you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. So I'd like to know how much generous is. You said, why? Because I want to qualify for that harvest. In other words, the Lord said to me, the harvest never gets confused. In other words, you don't have to worry about reaping generously if you're sowing sparingly. Because there's a spiritual law involved. In other words, your seed has, it's labeled either generous or sparing, amen, and it has a return address, and God knows my address. He knows your address. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just laughing right now because I'm just telling you, when you partner together with the gospel, come on, you have some covenant rights when you partner together with the gospel. Man, you know, it becomes a major item in your life is your generosity to the gospel and the preaching of the word of God. It affects how you receive that word. Amen. And it affects actually revelation. The difference between information and revelation is revelation changes your voice. Information, you're just kind of quoting stuff. But the once, once you, have, you have sown into that and received that word, now, when you talk, money moves. Boy, I'm expecting some money to move. Come on, the next 12 months, I'm expecting some money to move. Glory to God, I'm expecting some money to move. There just is no limit to what God can do. I said there is no limit to what God can do. Woo! All right, so, so now I'm going to qualify for this generosity, right? So I said, well, Lord, how much is generous? And he said, well, it's different amounts to different people and even different occasions. I said, well, how will I know when I'm generous? Because even poor people can be generous. Actually, poor people could actually out-generous rich people. That's why he's talking to the rich people. All right, let's try that again. I said poor people could out-generous rich people, so that's why he's telling the rich people, you better kick it up a notch. All right, let's try this out over here. Come on, because he said poor people out-giving you. I'm talking about in generosity. You could actually out-generous somebody. They might out-give you, but you could out-generous them. Does that make sense? 
So he said, you talk to the rich people. Well, that makes you a little uncomfortable, you know, because you feel like, well, I don't want them to think I'm coming after their money. God said, tell them you're coming after their money. <laughs> Somebody said, hold on to your wallet, Margaret. He's coming after the money. No, God's coming after the money. I ain't coming after the money. Because of the significance that it is in your heart and in your life. So I said, how will I know when I'm generous? The Lord said to me something like this. He said, you'll know. Because either you're giving generously or sparingly. I said, well, how much is sparing? He said, you just kind of stay in your comfort zone. And he said, if your giving don't affect you much, neither will your harvest. So when you're giving sparingly, you're giving, but you just kind of stay in there. And some people say, well, I'm still waiting on my harvest. I said, well, you may have already got it. You didn't recognize it. In other words, you stayed in that sparing department. Come on. Never willing to do what? Grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. God said, I dare you. Prove me in this area in your tithes and offerings. Come on, tithes and offerings. Everybody say tithes and offerings. Because a lot of times people say, well, all the Lord wants is 10%. There's no scripture that says that. Come on, the scripture teaches tithes and offerings. Amen. And the sowing's what happens after the tithe. Hmm. All right. Now, he says this. When you sow generously, how am I going to know when I'm generous? Here's what the Lord said. He said, when you're generous is when you give, is when you give and then you think about it for years later. In other words, your generosity has made such an impression on you, you will never forget that time. When you give generously, I say, you remember the first time you gave $100,000? i am like, I will never forget it. Right? I remember the first time I gave $25,000. I will never forget it. I remember the first time I gave $200,000. I will never forget it. And I will remember the first time I give a million dollars. I will never forget it. Come on, there ain't no shortage of money. We're talking about the almighty God. Amen. In other words, we can break some barriers in our giving that will break barriers in our receiving. Amen. And you say, well, why is this significant? It's one of the most significant things to a leader. All right, let's try this out. If you're going to be in leadership, Luke 16, Jesus said, this test, the money test, is the least test that you have to pass. And if you cannot pass the money test, God will not commit to you true riches. That's right. I've seen people pass almost every test except for that one. Boy, it's quiet in here. I mean, every other test, like, boy, it's kind of like the rich young ruler. Ah, man, I passed every commandment. I did everything. Jesus said, just one more. <laughs> just one more. I just got one more for you, baby. Just one more. What was his problem? He loved his money. Jesus probably signing him up to take Judas's place. Because Judas sure failed it, didn't he? In other words, he passed every other test scripturally. But when it comes to money, he's like, that's my security. My quality of my life, you know, my money. 
I'm holding on to my money. In other words, T said, if you'll pass that test, God will do things for you money could never do for you. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. And so he says, when you go from sparing and you hit generous, and I've got a great, uh, my, my mother-in-law, Trina's mom, gave me a beautiful painting because uh, Trina's dad, he calls me up every now and then. And uh, he's 88 years old, pastor, missionary for years. And he'll call me up. He said, Mark, when I look around my house, I count everything that you have given to me. And I am so thankful. He said, when I look at my truck, when I look at my four-wheeler, come on, when I come in the house and look at my couch, when I, he said, whatever, yeah, the snow plow, whatever I look at, he said, I remember you. Well, I'd sure rather have a blessing from an 88-year-old preacher that every time he looks at something, he said, my son-in-law bought that for me. Matter of fact, I told him, what else you want? You are my retirement plan. Because <laughs> while I'm blessing you when I get to be 88, <laughs> don't be surprised who drives up in my driveway to take care of me. Are y'all still here? Yeah. Amen. So when you're talking about that kind of generosity, and my, my mother-in-law gave me this little painting, and we put it in a strategic place in the house, right in the bathroom. So every time, <laughs> so every time I go to the bathroom, I think of my mother-in-law. <laughs> so every time I go to the bathroom, there's a picture, beautiful picture of an eagle on a tree and somebody painted it for her. And she painted for me, so she said, I put Isaiah 32, 8 there. Y'all know what Isaiah 32, 8 says? Did you, anybody find it yet? All right, the King James says, the liberal, we're going to change that for political reasons. Because <laughs> we know socialism only lasts as long <laughs> until you run out of other people's money. So, so generous, everybody say generous, so other translators say generous. And here's what it says, Isaiah 32, 8. The generous plans to be generous, and by his generosity, he shall stand. In other words, your generosity does not just affect your money. Come on, when you could have collapsed and never got back up again, God said, I watch your generosity year after year. You will not collapse. I will guarantee you will stand. Your generosity. Man, that scripture, I thought, glory to God. Let's just get out of that little tiny sparing department. Amen. And let's just crank it up a notch. And get just a, beyond your comfort zone. Let's try that one more time. I said, you say, how do I, I get in the generous department? You got to get a little bit beyond your comfort zone. If it don't make you uncomfortable, like if you don't say, that's a little unreasonable. I think that's way beyond my part. I've already done my part. Yeah, man, have you ever thought that? A couple of people. And now, so 
Philippians, what did they do to the Philippians? He said they gave once, and then they did what? He said they gave again. He said, and Paul's talking to them, so Paul must have known who was on the given list. All right, let's try that. I said Paul must have known who's on the given list. I know God does. And Paul must have known he had wrote the letter to anybody whatsoever, you know, no, anybody get this letter. No, he sent it to the Philippians. They're the ones that got the whole revelation of Philippians. Wonder how they got that. He knew their address. They gave once. They gave again. He said, and you gave until there was more than enough. Wow. That kind of generosity. And Paul said, now let me tell you something about this. Your giving came up before God like a memorial. And so, when you had a year, nobody coming to church, come on, you got a year of trouble, you say, what happened? My money was always there. Come on, didn't have to get it from Uncle Sam. God, my God, supplied all of my need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. In other words, when you could have sunk, God said, you'll stand because I've seen your generosity. You'll stand spiritually. You'll stand in the blessing of the Lord. You will not collapse. I've seen your generosity. I think you should laugh about that. Ha, ha, ha. I'll go to Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Now, this, this may be my 30 minutes. Who knows? Pastor Matt can come back up. <laughs> Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Are you ready? What are we looking at? Everybody say generous. Yes. Now, I think some people actually think they're generous, and that's a problem. Some people haven't updated their generosity in about 20 years. I know you had to update your spending. Hallelujah. Why haven't you updated your generosity? Y'all still here? I'm kind of like Brother Hagin. He'd say, now, Brother Hagin would say, while he's giving a message like this, he'd say, all right, we just swept out of the closet. Now we're fixing to sweep out from underneath the rug. <laughs> so in case y'all wondering if some dust is flying, that's what we're doing. We're sweeping. Did you hear me just say that? Huh? Did you hear me just what did you say? Exactly what you said. Wow, that's amazing. You're such a brilliant woman. <laughs> it's good to have a smart wife, isn't it? Now, what scripture does I say turn to? Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Are y'all ready? Uh, what test are we passing here? Money test. So what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to learn to be generous. How can you do that? Go beyond what's required. Just leave your comfort zone. Ready for Proverbs 11, 24? There is that scatters and yet increases. There's withholds more than is meat and it tends to poverty. Again, for political reasons, the liberal, the generous, the generous so shall be made fat and he that waters others shall be watered himself. All right, look at generous. All right, now go back to verse 24. There is a scatter and yet increases. There is that withholds more than is appropriate and it tends to lack. 
So here's the way the Lord said to me. He said, lack does not come from money you don't have. It comes from money you do have you shouldn't have. Hmm. Most of the time, you would think just the opposite of that scripture, wouldn't you? You would think if I held on to my money tighter, I'd have more money. Wouldn't you think that? He said, if you hold on to your money too tight, you actually have less money. All right, let's try it again. If I held on to my money tight, right, you said, well, I'm kind of frugal. Frugal's really good at Walmart. <laughs> it just don't work in the kingdom of God. Some people say, well, I'm frugal. You know, you're just stingy. So when it comes to money in the kingdom of God, and he says this, there is one that scatters. Here's what other translations say. One gives away and gets richer. Another keeps what he should give and is poorer. All right, let's try that one more time. One gives and gets what? Increase or richer. Another person holds on to what he should give and he has what? He has less. So he said, you want more or you want less? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, uh, Here's the way the Lord said it to me, real simple. He just said, I did not design sowing, tithing, giving for you to decrease. He said, I actually designed tithing and sowing for you to increase. Hmm. He said, actually, you can sow for things that you could never save for. Some people say, I'm saving. I'm saying, well, you're going to be like 98 by the time you ever get that. But I'm just saying, but you could sow for things and God could multiply and accelerate that thing to a dream coming to pass in your life. Through your sowing, nothing wrong with saving as long as you're able to give out of your saving. People say, well, I'm saving for old age. Well, not everybody goes to old age. <laughs> you may not need it. So <laughs> you may actually get there if you're sowing. Amen. And so you're sowing your generosity. And he says that there is a scatters and increases. So he says you'll actually give your way into increase. So sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm in a different category here, and I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm a special case here. I, I'm on fixed income. So I always say, well, now, now who fixed it? Because when you're a tither, you're a sower, you're a generous giver, nobody can fix your income. Nobody's big enough to fix your income. He said, actually, your sowing will produce increase instead of decrease. God said, I'm going to multiply your seed some, and I'm going to make all grace abound towards you. Matter of fact, I've had times in those meetings, and we were just at the Victory Thon not too long ago for Brother Copeland's victory stuff and the word going around the world. So we brought special offer and went over that. I've seen times 
that the devil so attacked me because of my giving that he said, you cannot afford that. You cannot afford to give that way. And I said, I dare you to tell me that again, you sorry, stinking, lying dog. You can't tell me I can't give like that. God is able to make all grace abound towards me so that I have all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Amen. If it's a good work, something that's a great influence in my life, influence my generation, God said, I'll finance you supporting that ministry. Are y'all still here? So when he challenges me, so I told my daddy, I told my daddy, I went to my daddy because we'd, we'd been given, you know, 30% for years and, and uh, boy, we hit some financial tough times. So I tried to, you know, explain that that was not required. And uh, I said, don't have to do that. And it's really not required. Generosity is not required. Obviously. Generosity is not required. It's just you desire to go places other people will never go to. It's not going to affect whether you go to heaven or not. It may affect what neighborhood you're in. Uh, you know, you may. <laughs> I, I'll invite you over, but I'm, I'm just telling you. So I didn't talk to everybody about it, but I went and talked to my dad. So I said, Dad, you know, we've been doing this for years. We've been giving 30%. Every offering comes in our hands. We give 30% away. We sow it to missions. We're receiving the word. We were blessed by the word, so we give 30%. Wherever we're receiving that word, we're, we're sowing. I said, but we're having some financial problems, so I'd sure like to back off of that. I said, I, you know, maybe just back down to 20%. I mean, this 30%, man, this is like, man. Got my attention, man, like every week. And I said, well, what do you think would be hard if I back down? I mean, even 20%, that's still better than most people, right? All right, well, there you go. How many know just being reasonable will rob you of the blessing of God? Or the kind of harvest, you know, that you're believing for? Just being reasonable. Say, you need to be more reasonable. All right. So I talked to my dad. I said, Daddy, you think it would be hard if I back down? So my daddy got real quiet. He got real quiet, and um, he said, uh, well, I know this about the devil. How many of y'all need to know something about the devil? He said, I know this about the devil. If he can back you down in that area, he will not stop there. So he said, if the devil can challenge you at this place of tithes and offerings and sowing generously, and if he can back you down because of some stinking money, when you've got eternal life in the almighty God, come on. I said, all right. That's all I need to know. So I just stuck with it. What happened? Boom, came out. With a blessing. I was telling Pastor Mac the other day, not, not to brag other than just tell you the word works. And when Trent and I first started out traveling, you know, it's all we could do to believe God for $300 a week. I mean, we first started out, we just like, we claimed $300 a week, and it did take a miracle for that to happen. We go to church as a pastor, say, we never gave anybody more than $100 a week. You know, it's like 40 years ago. 
I said, well, we're believing for 300. He said, well, nobody's ever got that much money here this week. I said, don't worry about it. The Lord will provide. At the end of the meeting, he gave me $800. Didn't believe that's that much money in the world. He said, what would you do? I said, I'm a tither. I'm a generous giver, and I got a generous harvest. And so Satan, I command you to take your hands off my money. Go, angels, and cause the money to come. Whoop. And the money always comes. Amen. So we got like 300, then we went 400, then finally got up to 800, where I claim $800 a week. Well, imagine if you're doing that first 30%, and you're giving more than you was making. Well, then we got up to 1,000, claim 1,000 a week. Whoa, whoa, I claim $1,000 a week. Somebody said, well, that, all that stuff worked for you because you're a preacher. I say, well, come up here, I'll ordain you, see how it works for you. <laughs> That's a lot of broke preachers, I can tell you that. I decided I ain't going to be one of them because I found out this mystery. I found out this secret, how the kingdom of God operates. Whoa, how many like to find out how the kingdom of God operates? Access the resources of the kingdom of God. Amen. So we finally got up to believing for a thousand weeks, and finally we got up to 2000, then the church we were pastoring, we finally got up to what was it, 70,000 or something like that a week. But we started off just 8,000 and we just kept on sewing. I had to take the checkbook away from the, the accountant guy on staff because he, he's so tightwad. He's such a tightwad. I'd have a guest speaker come in. He'd say, Well, just give him that much. And I said, No, no, I'm going to give him three times that much. The guest speaker was real happy when he left town. And my financial guy was like, My God, what are we going to do? I said, You watch what God will do. So, anyway, over the years, so I was just telling Pastor Mack, I said, you know, this year been the best year we ever had. But we were claiming for years $100,000 a week. That was our budget. $75,000 a week, $80,000 a week. We were claiming $100,000 a week. And last year, we just kind of got right up to $100,000 a week. Last year. Well, then you got, you're a traveling minister and ain't got nowhere to travel. What you going to do now? We're going to grab a cornstalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eyes. What are we going to do? So it may not be much for you, but in the last 12 months, my secretary just told me, he said, well, you're averaging 165000 a week right now. I said, well, let's just go for 200000 a week. All right, let's try that. I said, why don't we just go for $200,000 a week? Matter of fact, why don't we start sewing like we got 200000 a week coming in? Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. Come on. I'm not talking about just your saying. I'm talking about doing your sowing where you're going. Where you going? That's why I'm sowing because that's where I'm going. Praise the Lord. I mean, I don't go preach in church and say, uh, you know, my budget is 165000 this week. <laughs> you might need to sell your church. But um, you say... Where's that going to come from? From the immortal God, King of kings and Lord of lords, whose light shines throughout eternity that no man can approach. And he's my God, and he shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Man, that means the money will come. Glory to God. I said glory to God. 
come on now. I said the money will come. I said the money will come. The devil might hit you. You hit him right back and say the money will come. Hey. <laughs> come on, give the Lord a shout like you were expecting. Ha <laughs> So I like to hang out with people that are generous. Amen. I like to listen to how they talk and how they think and how they give. So at 84 years old, Brother Copeland. Took on a new project, only an extra million dollars a month. Just an extra million a month. <laughs> Just an extra billion a month at 84. <laughs> are y'all still here? And some of y'all are like, I. I'm going to finance this car for 98 months. Listen. Wheels will be falling off. You'll still be making payments. Listen. Come on. God wants to enlarge your territory. He wants to increase your territory. Come on. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We are heirs of God. Go ahead and laugh for a few minutes and say, I'll never lack for money the rest of my life. Come on, I'm a tither, I'm a giver, I'm a sower. I sow generously, I reap generously. Come on, I drive the best, wear the best, live in the best. Come on, I eat the best, but I also like to sow the best. I like to stretch out of my comfort zone a little bit. I like to sow a seed that's going out into my future, and God will multiply that seed that it's on. Praise the Lord. 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 Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Woo! Give the Lord a shout, hallelujah. Sit down for one minute. Ha ha. Now let me let me talk to your pastors here, Pastor Dave and Vicky. Now the Lord said He's gonna break you out into some new territory. The scripture, Psalm 66, 12. We went through fire, we went through water, and men rode over our heads. But God brought us out to a wealthy place. Let's try that again. <laughs> Come on, man. You went through fire, I went through water, men rode on my head, but 
God, the almighty God, brought me out to a wealthy place. Ha, 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 ha. Glory, 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 glory. Ha, ha, ha. What the devil meant for evil, the Lord turned that thing around for your good. <laughs> Woo! Go ahead and laugh a while. Say, ha. Ha, 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 ha. How many of y'all believe God's bringing you out into a wealthy place, a large place of abundance, room to move? Glory to God. Come on, he said, I make room for you after all that you've been through. Woo! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> God is breaking you out on the right and on the left, bringing increase. <laughs> You've been faithful when it comes, come on, to money. <laughs> and then God said, I made you stand, but now I'm going to make you go forward. 